And you might be saying, are we done with Psalms? No, we're just taking a little um, reprieve to emphasize some aspects of our missions endeavors and our missions outreach. Um, We will be talking more about the specifics of Faith Promise First Priority Missions, and um, we'll be talking more about that next week and giving you an indication of um, uh, the details of that and the missionaries that we support. You'll be seeing some of them um, in the services yet today and um, in the weeks this month. But I, I really am excited about the work of missions, and God did a work in my own heart Um, when he opened the door for me to go up to Altoona and share about Faith Promise Missions here. And it was like it rekindled in my own heart God's desire and God's burden and God's heart. And uh, so we want to to look at, at that this month and lay some of the foundation today. You know, it's interesting, God's design, how he designed every one of us differently, but how he designed us with many of the general um, characteristics and desires. And one of the desires that he brings out in the book of Proverbs is that um, a child desires to please his father and that a child can make a glad father and a glad mother. I think every one of you as parents here um, hold fondly in your minds the times that you looked on a child and with a grateful heart, maybe in your heart or maybe out loud, you said, that's my boy, that's my girl. We cherish those because they're so few. No, I don't mean <laughs> But it's a God-given thing. And it's a God-given thing that uh, in a normal situation, a child desires to, to gain and have the delight of their father or their mother. And... Um, Many individuals carry with them a, a father wound that they, they'd never have been able to meet the expectations or, or maybe have been rejected or whatever. And yet, it's a very real desire that God has put in our hearts and a desire that we ought to have to please our Father, to please our Heavenly Father. And this morning we want to look at and and tie this in of how we can bring delight to our Heavenly Father. I don't know about you, but um, sometimes you may think, you know what, I don't know that I could ever bring delight to the Father. And there comes times in our life that that maybe we feel that we're inadequate and, and um, we're just one of many of the pebbles of the sands of the sea and 
no one notices and why would God even pay attention to me, let alone how could I bring delight to his heart? And yet, God desires us to desire to bring delight to his heart. You know, you you stop and think about it. Who do you seek to please? Um, when I was in high school, I wrestled, and my dad um, wasn't able to come to a lot of the wrestling meets. But the the ones that he came to, it seemed like I had added motivation. It was like, ooh, dad's sitting up there today. And, and having that added motivation and, and that, that passion and desire that, that I wanted to make him um, happy that I was his son. And that motivation was there. And, and I had a desire to, to please him. Think about it. Who do you desire to please? Can anyone please God? Can anyone bring delight to the heart of God? You notice in Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 23, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Notice that. God says, he specifically spells out, in these things I delight in loving kindness, in justice and in righteousness. God spells out specifically in his word things that he delights in. So if we know God delights in this, if I live in that, if I dwell in that, if I make that a part of me, it will bring delight to the heart of God. And so we want to look today at just a few things that God delights in. And first and foremost, God delights in those who receive his Son. God, in his miraculous love, sent his Son, Jesus Christ, into this sin-filled world And this world did not welcome him. We did not welcome him. It wasn't Roman soldiers that crucified him. It was our sin. And he sent his son into this world. He was rejected of men. He was crucified. And he rose victorious over sin and death and hell. And God offers the gift of His Son to every human being. And God takes delight when every instance in which one person admits he is a sinner 
believes in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, as we had just sung, admit, believe, and forever receive, God says there is joy in heaven every time one sinner receives Jesus Christ as Savior. It doesn't say there's joy in heaven when um, a political person is elected or is put out of office. It doesn't say there's joy in heaven when we get a promotion. It doesn't say there's joy in heaven over anything else. But there is joy in heaven when a person in the Philippines calls upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin or a person in southern Iowa calls upon Jesus Christ. And God takes great delight, this great and precious gift. You've had the time where, where you've invested in, in um, preparing, maybe making, or at, at least uh, obtaining this great gift that you were excited about and, and you were giving it to someone you love and this great gift. And you had as much joy in giving the gift as they did in receiving it. We fail to realize the joy that the Father has, this very, very special gift, because this gift is often rejected and often turned aside. But every time a person calls upon Jesus Christ and says, I know I am a sinner, I know I am separated from heaven and everything that is good because of my sin... And I believe Jesus Christ is the only way of forgiveness. I call upon Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. God the Father takes great, great delight in that. But do you understand there, there's action that must be taken on our part? We must believe. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God delights in individuals calling upon Jesus Christ and being adopted into his family. God delights, secondly, in those who enjoy his presence. See, the purpose for calling upon Jesus Christ to forgive our sins is not just to deliver us from hell, but the purpose of calling upon Jesus Christ to forgive our sins is to restore us to fellowship with the Father. We were made to have fellowship with God. Before sin entered into this world, Adam and Eve had fellowship with God. Sin broke that fellowship. Jesus Christ came to undo the work of sin and to bring us back to fellowship with God. God takes great delight when we receive Jesus Christ and when we then use the privilege that we have to enter into his presence boldly, to sit at his feet, to spend time with him in his word, when we desire and delight in his presence? The psalmist said, God, I have found that in your presence is fullness of joy. 
There's not joy in these other things. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. God loves it when He sees His children coming to Him in prayer, coming to Him in in meditating on His Word, in reading His Word, coming to Him in dependence upon Him, saying, God, I need Your direction today. God loves it when, when we desire Him. See, the problem we have when it comes to missions... You can't proclaim something that you don't prize. You can't proclaim something that you don't value. Where passion for God is weak, so will our zeal for missions be weak. So, I received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sin, and I understand this allows me and I am, I am invited by God, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I am invited to fellowship with God, and God takes great delight to those who enjoy his presence. He also takes great delight to those who love what he loves. When God sees his children loving what he loves... He takes great, great delight in that. What does God love? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. The Son of Man is come, Luke 19.10, the Son of Man is come for what purpose? To seek and to save that which was lost. The heart of God is his heart reaches to the lost to bring them to Christ, to restore them to fellowship with God. And those of us brought to fellowship with God, when he sees us get his heart, that we're sharing the same heart to reach the lost, to bring them to Christ, to fellowship with God, God says, there's someone that has my heart. I delight in that. When we love what God loves, the greatest form of admiration is imitation. Someone has said, God wants not slaves, but intelligent, grown-up children who show enthusiasm for the family business. Did you get that? He doesn't want just a a laborer that shows up as a slave. He wants intelligent, grown-up children who have enthusiasm for the family business. And what's the family business? The family business is seeking and saving the lost. That's what God's business is. We say, well, uh, God's business is to make us like Christ. What's the purpose of making you like Christ? To seek and to save the lost. So that the lost could see a picture of Christ. If just becoming like Christ was the end in and of itself, the moment a person gets saved, God ought to kill them and take them to heaven. They'll be like Christ then. But the purpose is 
for us to be grow in Christ so that we are an instrument of God used to reach the lost. So God delights in those who love what he loves. Fourthly, God delights in those who are not ashamed of him. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. In Romans 1.16, for it is the power of God through faith in Christ unto salvation. So, a person calls upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, enjoys presence with God, learns to develop the heart of God, and then is not ashamed of Him, in fact is an instrument that is used to introduce others to Him. Have you ever been someplace with someone and they met someone else and they kind of forgot that you were there or maybe purposely didn't want to identify with you and they were ashamed of you? You kind of went away like they didn't even, they didn't even acknowledge that I was there. They didn't introduce me to their friend. On the other hand, you've been in situations where you were with someone and, and they met someone else and they turned and said, hey, let me introduce to you my friend. And you had a sense of, they're not ashamed of me. How many times is Christ embarrassed that we are ashamed of him? God delights in the fact when, let me introduce you to my friend, Jesus Christ. God delights in those who are not ashamed of him. God delights in those who obey him. You remember the account where... Saul and the Israelites offered up sacrifices of things that God told them they were to destroy. And in 1 Samuel 15, Samuel the prophet came and he said, To obey is better than offering to God's sacrifice. Because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. God delights when he sees his children receive a command of God as Peter did. Peter had been out fishing all night, didn't catch anything. And as they came in, Jesus came out to them and said, cast your nets on the other side. Peter's expert fisherman made his livelihood by that. In his own mind, he's thinking, yeah, right, who are you? What do you know about catching fish? We've been out here all night and haven't caught anything. This is the battle of the flesh. And then Peter said, nevertheless, at your word, I will cast out the nets. He came to a point where his natural inclination was put aside, there's no fish to be caught here. But then he said, wait a minute, you are the master, 
Whatever you want me to do, I will do it. And he obeyed the Lord and was richly rewarded for it. God delights in those that obey him. Jesus said in John 14, If you love me, keep my commands. This is the love of God, he said in 1 John 5, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. No one ever comes to God and puts away their personal will and obeys God and then walks away and says, I wish I'd never obeyed God. That was the dumbest thing I ever did. No one ever regrets obeying God. His commands are not grievous. God takes great, great delight when he sees us put aside our human reasoning, our human insight, our natural inclinations, and just say, God, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. It may be the natural inclination to say something back to someone, and the Spirit of God says, zip it. You didn't know the Spirit of God. Yeah, you know God says that. But we seldom hear Him. We seldom listen to Him. And the Spirit of God says, no. Don't take that dog by the ears. That's not your battle. And when we obey God, God takes great delight. Look, at there's an obedient child. I mean, every parent delights when their children are obedient. God the Father delights in you when you are obedient to Him. And God delights in those who generously invest in His work. Whether it's time, whether it's talent, Whatever it is, God delights in those who generously invest in His work. Because it says, The Lord loveth a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. Why does God love a cheerful giver? Because it's conveying the heart of God. For God so loved the world that He gave. You understand, were it not for the generosity of God, none of us would be here. None of us would exist. God gives and gives and gives. He makes the sun to rise on the just and on the unjust. He gives, but the greatest gift of all, the heart of God is a generous heart, and His heart gives... God so loved the world that He gave so that He said in 2 Corinthians, I love a cheerful giver. In fact, He loves it so much that He then says, I then, when I see a cheerful giver, I will make all grace abound to you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. I love that verse. I mean, it covers everything. God is able to make all grace abound to you. I don't know about you, but when it comes who needs grace, I've got both hands up. 
He's able to make all grace abound to you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, do you get it? God's trying to say, I am all-encompassing, that that you may have sufficiency in all things, that you may abound to every good work. Wow. And who did he give that promise to? Those who give cheerfully. So, without apology, this month we're going to be emphasizing missions. And a part of that is involved in a commitment to the missions giving of our church to help spread the gospel locally and around the world. And without apology, we urge you to do that, not for the sake of Grace Baptist Church, but for the sake of the gospel around the world and your well-being, that you would be able to have all grace and all sufficiency in all things and abound to every good work. And the delight is to see Next week we'll go on and and give examples of it, but to see how God has abundantly provided the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars that this church body has invested into missions over the years. That's not the important part. The important part is what those dollars have made happen around the world in people coming to know Christ as personal Savior, in churches being established, as we heard a moment ago, in the villages around where the Pangans live, in their city, so that we can have something that lasts. We build our homes, we build our hobbies, we build our careers, we build our portfolios, And it's all going to be gone. But what we've done for Christ will last. So let me me ask you this question. Has there been a time that God delighted when he looked down and saw you and you received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? If you're here today and you say, I have never done that, You can, in simplicity, call upon Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and to save your soul. You have accepted Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Do you enjoy His presence? Are you using your birthright to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from Him? Have you learned to have His heart and to care for the lost? And committed to obeying Him and saying, God, whatever you want, whatever your will is, I am willing to do it. And I want you to know I am eagerly ready and now participating to cheerfully give to whatever you want. God delights in loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness. These things that he delights in, receiving his son, enjoying his presence, 
That's loving the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and strength. And then the rest of these are basically loving others as Christ loved you. God takes pleasure in those that fear him. Psalm 147 verse 10 says, Let me ask you this, how much delight have you been bringing to the heart of God? I know there are times that my father probably scratched his head and said, Oh man, is there any hope for this kid? But I know there were also times when he said, That's my son. Too often, we make Jesus Christ ashamed, and the Bible says that. He's ashamed to call them his own children. We can bring delight to him. Regardless of your past, regardless of what you think are abilities or inabilities, We can bring delight to the heart of God, and He is the only one that is deserving of our desire to please. Heavenly Father, I pray that Your Spirit would stir the hearts of individuals here today. If there is one that has never called upon You for the forgiveness of sins, I pray today that they would do that. If they desire some assistance in how to do it, that they'd mention that to one of us before they leave. And then, Lord, I pray for individuals here that really haven't been enjoying your presence. They've been avoiding it. They've been going a different direction, filled with the busyness of life. Lord, I pray today that they would be brought back to the feet of you, that they would be brought back to enjoy your presence And then, Lord, I pray that you would stir our hearts, that we would love what you love, that we would not be ashamed of you, and, Lord, that we would invest our heart, our soul, our mind, our resources, our talents, our time, our energies into your cause and your kingdom that we would not be ashamed. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed,